to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside Theo. Theo, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Week one in the books. Week one upcoming. A new month. Certainly uh, certainly some exciting time. The kiddos go back to school this week. Oh, too much going on. But, Joe, glad to sit down with you for a little bit and chat some sports and what happened over the weekend. Because, man, there's some good storylines starting up right now. Let's get into one of them, and that's Colorado being a total underdog in their game. I believe they play TCU. Uh, total underdog in that game. And to come out and do what they did and win that game, that, that's got to do wonders for Coach Brian right now. I went, to, I, I went to the Deion Sanders school, and I got my receipts. I got all my receipts for Deion. He says he wants receipts. I got receipts. And like Dion, he proved everybody right. Number one, he came out and said, win or lose, my team will give effort. They will leave it all on the field, which they did. And, I mean, talk about a team. Like, yes, it's week one. Yeah, and we'll get into the whole getting into college football thing in a second. But the storyline was Coach Prime taking a team that was assembled in less than six months from the portal to transfers to rookies to everything. A 1-11 team in Colorado up against a team that was in the national championship game last year. Now, granted, they're not ranked in the top 10. Yeah, Max Duggan's gone. There's a lot of players from TCU that have left, aged out and whatnot. But still a very formidable team. The one storyline leading into that game, Joe, was the fact that the offensive line outweighed the defensive line for Colorado by over 25 pounds consistently on average and the same went for that defensive line they should have manhandled that offensive line in Colorado so the way scales in the trenches went to TCU but to tell me that Deion Sanders son would throw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns and light up a secondary like that with some players that are extremely fast I did not expect that. And Coach Prime got his team ready. And I don't know of any other program, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, right now, that had any other naysayers on the sidelines or naysayers in the locker room aren't buying in to the receipts and what Coach Prime is selling right now. Fantastic game. I don't know if you watched, went back and forth in that fourth quarter. I think there was six lead changes in the last quarter. And Colorado ended up winning by three, which was unbelievable. But still, a great game had by all. Probably the most exciting game to lead off week one. It was. And you brought up the fact that, you know, I'm I'm not the one that gets into college football, at least early. Because some of these matchups, man. I mean, you have an Arkansas State going into Oklahoma and absolutely getting murdered 73 to nothing. Who wants to sit there and watch that? I mean, obviously, big-time Oklahoma fans. I get it. I totally understand that. But the casual college football fan, do they really want to watch a game where they know who's going to win? There's, the only question is uh, how much they're going to win by. I mean, is it even is it even fun at that point for the casual casual college football fan? That is why I can't get into it, at least early on. Now, middle of the season, late season, yeah, you see some really good matchups. Okay, so, yeah, it's much easier to watch. But early on, it's like preseason NFL football to me. 
except there are no substitutes in the middle of the game. I don't know, Joe. Do you remember when – I mean, I, I agree with you. There's some games out there on the schedule that you kind of look and say, okay, that's a W for sure. Uh, there's no tail of the tape kind of thing. Definitely second-tier versus first-tier programs, clearly by funding and by athletics. And, you know, I'm not going to get into why, you know, an Appalachian State or a, a school like UT Martin should be playing Notre Dame, for example. But we all – that was what, what ifs, you know. I mean, Michigan and Appalachian State, I'll never forget that game with the block kick and the run back for the touchdown to put Appalachian State ahead and to beat Michigan. This happened seven or eight years ago, maybe even longer. Uh, you don't forget those games. I mean, Dick Vitale, diaper dandies and all his, you know, one and duns and all his wonderful phrases he used to say. You see those things happen in basketball too. Not very often, but that's what sport is about. It's about putting two teams together and on any given day, which one is going to be better? And 95, 98% of the time, that number one team or that better team, like the Oklahomas, the Alabamas, the Georgias, should come through, beat the spread, and win handsomely. Yes. And I and I see that for the casual football, casual college football player or college football watcher, hard to get into those games. But there's 60 games. There's over 60 games every weekend, Joe. You can find one. And I found more than just one. Like, I found the Colorado game. I found a surprising one between Indiana and Ohio State, which is pretty close. Ohio State only put up 23 points but still got the win. Marvin Harrison Jr. had less than 50 yards catching. He's supposed to be a Heisman winner or Heisman hopeful. You saw last night. Two ranked programs have a phenomenal first half. But then you saw the coaching expertise outdoing Kelly and LSU. And Florida State putting up 31 unanswered to win Hanson Lee again that game last night. So, I mean, there's, there's there are those dandies that happen each and every day. But for the faithful and for the alumni that watch these games, I think that's the important side of it, too. Like if you went to Joe, if you went to a school, if you went to a college, you know, like for example, for me, like I go in United in Canada, we have you know not as great football, and I don't go to the same school in my province. I went to school in Ontario, Western University, and I always say Western is the most American Canadian university you could possibly have because of the programming, the athletics, the cheerleaders, the band, everything. It is undeniably one of the best entertaining programs, not just football, all athletics across the board. And when Western plays, I will check the scoreboard to see how well they did. Regardless of me watching the game or not, I will still check to see as an alumnus to make sure that they do it. And if a lot of people do that too. Yeah. I, I just like I, with Notre Dame, they picked their opponents. So, you know, uh, they're going to pick an easy a lot of teams pick their opponents. I mean, next well, year you have LSU taking on USC in week one. You think that's going to be a good game? That'll be a great game. Like tonight, there's uh, it has a chance to be a good game, in my mind at least, Clemson and Duke. That should be a decent game. And you brought up something as well, Joe, about having, and we'll get to this in the NFL as well, how you have conference rivals where you have a ranked conference team versus a non-ranked conference team, potentially there's some animosity, a little bit more to play for, if you will. 
because those conference standings will end up being part of the program as well. You mentioned the fact that Notre Dame gets to pick and choose who they play because they're independent. They still are attached to the ACC in football. So they still have to play X amount of games. I think it's five games within the conference. So that still has to be done. And I think with all this realignment that's occurring in college football, we're still going to see a lot of those, not rules, but bylaws, but agreements to allow uh, certain programs to play programs in the coming years. I mean, you're going to get your, if you're the SEC, you're going to get Mizzou and uh, OU again starting next year. I mean, that's, I, I always like those rivalries. I, I, I really did. And I, I didn't like the fact that they were pushing Arkansas down our throats as Mizzou. Like, who, who cares? You know, you talk about give your head a shake. I'll shake my head all day at that. Like, that's, Mizzou should always win that game. Should always win that game. Should. I'm not saying they will, okay? But they should. And then with OU coming in, that that should really help. It really should. And I hope they put them in the same division, too. I, I really hope so, because that Mizzou-OU rivalry needs to come back. That was a big... That was a big-time rivalry four years, Theo. I mean, that's – my uncle's My uncle's a big OU fan. I'm a big Mizzou fan. So every right. time yeah. that – yeah. I mean, yeah, Chase Daniels back in the day, not too long ago. Is that right? As right. a Mizzou guy? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you had some highlights there. You definitely have some good programming coming up. And, yeah, those inner rivals, those inner league rivals are going to be a big deal. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these realignments because, I mean, talk about, like, the Pac-12 that ended up being only two teams after this year. The Pac-12 is the only division right now in the Power Five that's undefeated. How crazy is that? Every single team in the Pac-12 has won and has not lost, not since 19... What, 23 or 32? I forget that that's happened. That's incredible. That is incredible. I mean, um, that's a good thing about college football. There's a lot of history that happens in college football. Um, you can say that about any sport, but especially college football. Um, it'll be interesting to see what week two has to offer. Um, I know they're going to be dandies every game not diaper dandies just dandies in general there are going to be some every week but i can't wait until every game is a dandy every game you know just across the board appointment viewing seven 10 point games i mean it, i don't like seeing blowouts i can't wait till we get to the point where aren't there aren't many of those if there are then some coach might be on the hot seat that's the kind of thing I, I can't wait to see. So you're right. I mean, every I think the other thing you're gonna realize is as the weeks go on, just like every other season, every other sport, every other team, as the weeks go on, the games may feel like there's more meaning to them. But last time I checked, a win in week one is the same thing as a win in week ten. And I said this in hockey, if you could win the opening night in October in hockey, it's two points the same matter and as the end of March. So I mean a win is a win. The more you get over the season, the better. And I think it's just how a team builds its chemistry. It builds its strength from within and how they're able to compete all together as a group. That's what makes team sports truly amazing. 
It really does, Theo. And again, I want to get into it. I just can't early in the season. So just just getting off of that, that's just my opinion on that. Now, um, Theo, can we get to the NFL? Let's do it. Week one is this week. I cannot wait to watch uh, watch what happens. There's some really good games this week. Really good games this week. There's also some really bad games this week. Um, there are actually a couple I want to highlight in terms of bad, but let's kind of go down the list here. You have the Lions and Chiefs. Um, a couple of years ago, I'd say Chiefs by like 30, okay? But this is a different Detroit Lions team. And and I know, I know it's the Kansas City Chiefs, but we talked off air about the Chris Jones issue in Kansas City. That can be not detrimental to them, but that can be a, a distraction for sure. How do you see this game playing out? And how, first of all, how do you see the Chris Jones saga playing out? What, I've always said that when you sign a contract, you honor the contract. I get that. And for Chris Jones, yes, he's in his last year of a deal. He's not making peanuts. He's making millions. He feels he should be worth Aaron Donald money. Aaron Donald's like the the echelon, the upper echelon, the cherry on the top, if you will, making close to 30 mil, 31 per year. And Chris Jones feels he should be worth the same. And there's a huge discrepancy between number one and number two. Well, Chris Jones is the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL outside of, uh, you know, number 99. And... The bottom, I, I, I just don't, I don't, they're so far apart. The Chiefs and Jones are so far apart money-wise that I don't see this being solved before Thursday. And whether or not this is going to be an issue coming weeks, I mean, Chris Jones says he'll wait till week eight. I mean, if that's what he wants to do for his team, what type of a team player does that show? I mean, the players will come out publicly and say, you know, he has to do what's best for him. He has to do what's best for his family, generational wealth, all that stuff. But the bottom line is, Chris Jones is a massive hole to be filled in the defensive line of Kansas City. Now, let's not forget who the Detroit Lions were in the last seven weeks of the season last year. High energy, high output, amazing offense. Jared Goff cannot be... Lightly taken. No, nope. a guy that created a pretty good chemistry with Amari St. Brown and has a pretty good old line in front of him to protect him. And he only threw seven interceptions last year, lowest on record. So he goes perfect in his last seven games outside of losing the last game in the playoffs that they were in. And they defeated the Packers in Lambeau to send Aaron Rodgers to New York. This game could be a lot closer than we think. But I still think the Chiefs have the edge in this game because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. But but the thing is, the Chiefs, without Chris Jones, I think we'll have to score like 40 a game. You know, they're they're not going to win these close games because their defense is only as good as Chris Jones is on the field. Right. Okay. You have to have that pressure at the front in order for the secondary to do its job right. 
Right, exactly. Don't put that pressure on the front, and you have all day to throw. Receivers will get open nowadays, whether they go long, whether they come back and short, whether they sit inside a zone. INTs galore, but also PIs galore when there's more time there. So, I mean, I don't. If Chris Jones doesn't suit up, I think this game will be a lot closer. But also, you know, a game that could see a lot of points scored too. Yeah, we shall see, man. It's it's going to be a fun game. I still think the Chiefs will win this game, but I think it's going to be pretty damn close. It's going to be a fun uh, first game of the NFL season. I agree. All right, you got the Bengals and Browns. Um, this, like I said, I mean, interstate rivalry. I mean, this is these are always fun games. Deshaun Watson. It'll be interesting to see how he performs in his first full season in uh, in Cleveland. So, and I don't know is Joe Burrow healthy? He was throwing last week. He hasn't been ruled out for week one, but they haven't named him the starter yet. Okay. As of okay. Today. So, so you know what? I can see the Browns. If Joe Burrow doesn't play, I can see the Browns pulling the upset. Perhaps. And I know upset, whatever, the Browns are at home. I don't care. It's an upset still. Okay. So I got the Browns pulling an upset. And, again, I'm still going to stick with that if Joe Burrow's name is starter. But that's going to go down dr- dramatically. My chances of actually being right on this game if he plays. Right. Not saying Deshaun Watson's terrible. He's a good quarterback. It's just I feel like it's going to take some time for him to be acclimated to his new, you know, his weapons. I mean, yes, he did come back midseason, but I don't think there was much of a sample size there. So I think week week one's going to be a transition for him. Now, I well, do I think it'll be easier as he as he goes in Cleveland? Yes, but. Again, transition. That's that is why, you know, I'm still taking the Browns because they're at home and not knowing if Joe Burrow is going to play. But I'm not too keen on that. I'm not. But yeah, I mean, if, again, if I'm I'm if he plays, I'm wrong. I think because Deshaun Watson had those six or seven games or eight games last season he's ahead of the curve because if we didn't see him play last year we wouldn't be seeing a deshaun watson until week eight like we would see in week one does that make sense what i just said yeah like like you'd be seeing the same quality of deshaun watson in week eight of last season that you're probably going to see week one this season you think so who knows that's the thing right first full season he only played half a season Full season is going to be a different story. Yep. That is why I say that. All right. Um, who, so you got uh, the Bengals? I'm probably going to take – I mean, I probably would take the Bengals whether Joe Burrow the plays or not. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, Texans-Ravens. I mean, this should be easy. Um, it'll be interesting to see what C.J. Stroud does. Okay. But uh, you're up against Lamar Jackson and – the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, you're probably going to get blown out. 
you know, it'll be a first regular season test for C.J. Stroud and that offensive line to handle what people are saying, a mediocre Baltimore defense that isn't the same maximum power prowess Baltimore Ravens defense we've seen in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how much Baltimore goes after Stroud, but also how much Lamar Jackson has to prove in week one. And to show the naysayers that, yeah, what he did was the right thing and he's healthy 100%. But I will take Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore as well. Uh, Buccaneers, Vikings. I mean, this should be an easy game for Cousins and the Vikings. I mean, I think Tampa Bay isn't still, hasn't found itself yet. I mean, outside of their starting quarterback, which was named a couple of weeks ago. Mike Evans is, you know, already crying a little bit about his last year on his contract. Here I we go. See, I mean, and this is a, a Tampa Bay team without Tom Brady, right? So expectations are extremely low. But I think we see a team in Minnesota that should be winning that North Division uh, outright this year. So I'm going to take the Vikings to prove a point. All right. All right. I got the Vikings as well. Um, and that should be an easy game. But again, Anything can happen. Uh, you have the Panthers and Falcons, one of your diaper dandies. I, I love that. I love that term. Uh, that that's uh, um, this is a coin flip. I, I'm gonna take uh, the Falcons. Okay, I mean, it is gonna be an interesting game. It's an interdivision game. Lots of weapons that we don't know. Bijan Robinson should be handling a lot of that ball for Atlanta, and I think he could do well. Uh, I don't know. I could see him getting over 100 yards in this first game. I think that could be a key. But uh, I don't see Carolina's offense putting up more than 14 points, maybe 20 at most. So, yeah, I agree with you. I might take Atlanta, too. Cardinals, Commanders. Another diaper dandy. You know, I don't know what's going on in Arizona. I have no clue what's going on in Arizona. Uh, I have no Washington can't even name its team anymore because they're going through such turmoil there. But I will take Washington's coaches over Arizona's coaches and the upside of Sam Howell to make a point yet again to bring excitement to Washington and get a win for week one. Washington will win this game. Um, Arizona, I think, is a little more turmoil than, than Washington. Um, you drafted the wrong quarterback in Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray should have still played baseball. Granted, he's not going to be playing. I'm just, I can't talk about the Arizona Cardinals without bashing Kyler Murray. I know that sounds terrible, Theo. But this is an example of a guy who should have stuck with one sport instead of another because of his height. And I will continue to say that week after week after week, I don't care if he's playing or not. And plus, I can't stand Arizona. I can't. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Commanders. You got the Jaguars and Colts. Again, I mean, you saw the tremendous upside of what Jacksonville did last year in the playoffs against my Chargers. They only get better because their running back is healthy now, Etienne. And you put another year under. Trevor Lawrence's belt versus a team that, I mean, has a brand new quarterback. 
Brand new pivot at the QB1. I mean, just shambles on offense right now. And I don't see him having enough weapons to put up a lot of points. Regardless of what is in the Indies defense is. I mean, let's be honest. Who is Richardson going to throw to? Can you name anybody? Because I can't. I think there's one guy I think out there, but I don't even know if it's going to be Michael. Yeah. Michael. Michael Pittman. Yeah, that's it. So I'll take. Yeah. uh, I'll take the Jaguars. I'll take the Jags as well, and uh, this, I don't think, even will be that close. Uh, you have the 49ers and Steelers. Um, this is a coin flip for me, because I think the Steelers actually have a pretty good team. I think the Steelers have a pretty good team. I really, really, yeah, I mean, I really, really like the quarterback. Right, so I'm going to – and I'll talk about the other quarterback in Brock Purdy because it's now – his coming out party is done. He's been named QB1. The, the tape is out there. They see what he can do. But he's got weapons galore to move that offense around east, west, north, and south. And the big difference here is Najee Harris versus Christian McCaffrey. And then you look at Debo Samuels versus Pickens. And there's more weapons in a, the San Francisco side. Plus, will Nick Bosa be playing? That's another question. I think he is because he's got signed. But, you know, San Francisco is just too strong of a team on both sides of the ball to lose this game. They are. Yeah, and I'm not – and this is no discredit to, you know, Pittsburgh at all. Like I said, I think they're going to be a decent team this year. I think uh, <laughs> I think Pickens is going to have a big year. But, yeah, um, and Kenny Pickett, for that matter. Uh, the 49ers will win this game, but I think it will be close. Seven-point game. You have the Titans and Saints. I don't know if this is on my top five games to watch this weekend, Joe. I mean – Ryan Tannehill's got to come back to do something truly amazing this year. But at the same time, Derek Carr's in a brand-new uniform in New Orleans without Alvin Kamara. But they replaced Alvin Kamara for the first part of that season. So, And you've got Olave as a second-year starter, as a wide receiver for Derek Carr to throw at, who I think is very similar to your boy Adams than he had in Vegas. Now, Olave is a sharp sharp route runner and he's quick and he's tall so i think that could be a union of sorts for the upcoming year to watch Derek carr and alave and i have alave pretty high on my draft board right now for pprs so i'm gonna take the saints to win this game i'll take the saints as well i don't um, I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I know I keep bringing up the quarterbacks, but quarterbacks are the not the main reason these teams win or lose, but they're a big part of it. So I'm I'm still not on the how on the uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, bandwagon. So yeah, I'm gonna go Saints as well. Uh, you got the Raiders and Broncos. Uh, one of the five games that I personally don't care for. But again, but like I said, 
It's a div- personally, I don't, but it is also a uh, divisional rivalry. So uh, I'm I'm thinking to myself, the biggest storyline for me, the biggest storyline for me has to be, what is Russell Wilson in year two in Denver? Because year one was nowhere near what he was in Seattle. Can uh, Sean Payton bring him back to where he was? That remains to be seen. So that that's the biggest storyline, I think, for Denver. Then you have the Raiders. You have Jimmy G at the helm now. You know, already... Uh, <laughs> I think they upgraded over uh, Derek Carr, to be honest with you. But is it a lot? Uh, did they upgrade a lot? I don't know. This is a coin flip. I'm going to go Broncos because they're at home. Okay, I'll I'll take the Raiders just because it's different than you. Do I like the Raiders? No. Do I think the Raiders are a better team? In some ways, yes. I think the union between Daniels and Garoppolo will make it a lot easier for them to gel compared to the Sean Payton experiment with Russell Wilson. This is a matchup with, when you think about it, Joe, that doesn't have two spring chickens at quarterback. These are two wily veterans, you know, both in different cities, Russell Wilson being there last year in Denver. But when you look at all the tail of the tape and everything like that, Jimmy G controls a game to the point that he just lets you win games. That's what he does. And Russell Wilson did that with Pete Carroll when he was in Seattle. He just won you games. But now it's different to the point that Sean Payton has to prove that Russell Wilson still has it. And he has a rebound year without Jerry Judy, without a running back program. That's going to be difficult in Denver. So I, I like the chances of the Las Vegas Raiders to win here and start one and zero. I'm going to go Denver because I, I think you're going to see a different Russell Wilson. Not a different Russell Wilson, but a better Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near uh, Seattle, but I think he's going to be better than last year. I mean, granted, Theo, it doesn't take much to be better than last year when you had the season like Wilson did. So uh, you have the Eagles and Patriots. The Eagles should win this easily. I don't care if it is in Foxborough. Um, you know, the Patriots are still a young team. I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I think it's going to be an Eagles game for sure. Uh, I'll put a stamp on that. Not a lock of the week, but I'll put a stamp on it. Uh, you talk about Russell Wilson having a, a rebound year. Mac Jones has to have a rebound year as well. And I think uh, he has a couple more weapons than he did last year, but still nothing that what we'll see Philadelphia have. I mean, Jalen Hurts and his repertoire, that Georgia, I mean, Philadelphia defense is going to be solid, rock solid. Uh, some big boys moving around, some big people. And uh, I think Philadelphia is going to have its way with New England. Yeah, I would say so. You have the Rams and Seahawks. Interesting startup here. I mean, you got uh, Stafford coming back from injury versus Geno Smith, who proved that, hey, I'm a good quarterback after being a backup for 12 years. And not a lot has changed on the offense for Seattle. A little bit has changed on the defense. But the L.A. Rams and Cooper Cup need to come back to form 
to show that they can still be a battle. And quite frankly, could be that second team behind San Francisco. So I like the interdivision rise shot again. I like the Kai. I like the matchup here. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think it's going to be a, a win by three. Who, you know, I, I want to take Seattle for some reason. I just like what they did last year. And I think they're going to continue with that program this year. I'm going to take Seattle as well. I really like what they did last year. I like Geno Smith. I'll take Seattle. Uh, you have the Dolphins and Chargers. This is probably on your top five games to watch because it's your Chargers. But uh, the biggest thing, like I said last week on the preview show, the biggest storyline for the De- um, Denver, uh, for the Miami Dolphins is can you keep two healthy? On the other side, can um, – can you can the Chargers get over that hump? Can the Chargers not go into a place in the playoffs and completely have a meltdown like they did in Jacksonville last year? But I really loved I really love the quarterback in um, Charger Land. I also love your weapons. You digging Chargers in this game? You know it's. I mean. If anything was shown last year in that game versus Jacksonville in the playoffs, how porous the L.A. Chargers can be on the defensive side of things when they don't put pressure on the quarterback and they think ball hawks instead of defense. And I think that is all has to do with Coach Staley's development and mission with the L.A. Chargers defense. Yes, this game is on my radar for that reason. Because you've got two amazing, three amazing weapons in Miami, four if you include two if he stays healthy, that can light up any defense in any part of this league. There is nobody. I don't think there's a defense right now that is going to be able to stop one, two, or three in Miami if they're all healthy. So the question is, can Hebert throw more and score more than Miami, and will L.A.'s defense hold up just a little bit? That's going to be the tail of the tape there. Um, you know, phenomenal wideouts in L.A. We have not seen the – we have not seen anything of their optimal performance yet in the preseason that shows me that they're ready to go in week one. So I've, I'm going to take – unfortunately, I'm going to take Miami over my charges. I just don't see the Chargers ready. They haven't shown me that they're ready to go week one. That's the problem. I'm going to go Chargers because it's at home. I'm going to go Chargers because they're at home. Well, they're shared home. So I'm saying Chargers, you say Dolphins. Packers, Bears. This ought to be a good game. I mean, they're always good games when the Packers face the Bears or Bears-Packers, whatever. You know, uh, sadly, I don't know if I'll be able to watch this game because of DirecTV's BS with Fox. So, uh, yeah, I hopefully don't have to miss this game, but. Jordan loves coming out party. He's been sitting on the bench for three plus years. Yeah. So I think he'll be ready. I think 
you look at what the Packers have surrounding Jordan Love, it's still more a complete team than when Justin Fields has in Chicago. I still feel Chicago's defense is okay, but I mean, Jordan Love's got a lot more weapons to throw around that ball, pass that ball, run that ball. And the Green Bay Packers have a defense that should be better on the field than they showed last year. Like I said this last week, they're 17th in defense last year. Eight first-round picks on that defensive side of the ball. They should be playing at a higher output on defense than what they showed. So I look for them to improve, and I see Chicago being that team that's going to be showing that, yeah, Green Bay is here to play, and don't sit on them too long. I'm going to take the Packers. No, because I think I think Green Bay I think Green Bay can still challenge her a playoff spot. Am I crazy saying that? No. Not at all. I could see that happening as well. So, that that's just Yeah, I, that um, that's just my opinion. I, I some Packer fans will agree with me, some Packer fans won't. So, you have the Cowboys and Giants Sunday night football. You know, it's uh, I storylines aside for both teams. On the field, I'm taking Dallas. I don't care about the emotions. I don't care about Trey Lance. I don't care about the restructure of Daniel Jones' contract. I don't care about Waller joining the offense. I don't care that, uh, you know, it's only Pollard in the backfield. The Cowboys should win this game Sunday night. But but we're talking about the Cowboys, though, Theo. I said all storylines aside, Jerry Jones can say what he wants. I don't care. I think the best thing for the Dallas Cowboys is to put Jerry Jones in the headsets of all the players and then turn the volume to zero. So you don't have to listen to what your owner has to say. And I know that's against that's bad business. But... Jerry Jones has put together a team to perform on the field. And opinions don't matter when it comes to you snapping a ball, playing defense, putting points on the board. Opinion t- opinions don't matter. Show me that you can do that. Show me that you can play the best ball forward every day, every Sunday you play. And you should be better than a 12-5 and five team like you were the last two seasons. Schottenheimer's the OC, not calling the plays. Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. It's the last straw in Dallas. Ship goes down, Mike McCarthy's gone. Ship goes down, people are saying Dak Prescott's out of there. Why? I don't know. Dak Prescott has phenomenal numbers in the last four years. Outside of his 2-4 and four record in the playoffs and his 59 INTs last season, he's a very good pivot at QB1. And a lot of teams would be happy to have Dak Prescott as QB1. On Arkansas Razorback, if you don't remember, Joe, your favorite team. Ha. Huh. But <laughs> bottom line is, you're not going to beat – you're not. You're going to have to prove me, you're going to have to show me a heck of a lot that Daniel Jones is going to be able to throw, out-throw Dak Prescott and that defense that they're facing in Dallas. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I'm going to go Cowboys as well. I just don't trust the Giants. I never have and never will. So uh, you have 
have um, you have the Bills and Jets on Monday night foot Monday night football, and uh, <laughs> the hype machine known as the New York Football Jets. Uh, this is uh, <sighs> time for Aaron Rodgers to show he's not just a crybaby that he can actually still perform. Um, you did go out and give weapons. If you're, if you are the Jets, this is put up or shut up, man. Any team that goes out and does this in the off season, week one or first twenty games, if you're in baseball, thirty games in baseball, usually put up or shut up. This is this is uh, and this is a t- uh, this is a test against Buffalo, but you're at home. So I'm going to go Buffalo just because I don't trust the Jets. I don't. I, I don't know if it's just the moniker. I don't know if it's the fan. I just don't trust the damn Jets. Even the Jets faithful can't trust themselves because they haven't had something this electric since Joe Namath in the late 60s and 70s. I mean, outside of Aaron Rodgers promoting the fact that he's going to be number one and win the Super Bowl, the New York Jets haven't shown anything. The only thing they've shown is their emotions and their lack of discipline, as far as I'm concerned, in play on hard knocks. And I don't like that whole, I don't like that old hard knocks thing whatsoever. As much as you watch it, or as much as you think it's a show, or it's raw, it is. It just, it, it takes the energy and it takes the focus of that energy away from what the players need to do. And I think for whatever reason, they decided to do the New York Jets. I know it's Aaron Rodgers. I know it's Coach Salah. I know it's, you know, offensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year. The bottom line is the New York Jets, like you said, and I agree with you, have to put up and shut up. Because they're playing a Buffalo Bills team that exited last season with a very bitter taste in their mouth against Cincinnati. On their home turf. So the game that it's in Buffalo... Yeah, I'm going to agree with the Bills. The New York Jets have yep, tough so they, they do. They do. It's going to be interesting how they play the first uh, seven weeks. This is, uh, I mean, is this, a hi- this is a hype train. And I know there's one guy that doesn't like, you know, the hype machine, and that's Chris Russo. Every time there's a baseball team that spends a lot, I don't like trendy teams. And frankly, I don't either because you still got to build chemistry. You can have all the best players on your team. If you don't have chemistry, you're not going to win shit. So good luck to Aaron Rodgers. Good luck to the rest of the New York Jets. So, um, Theo, do you have anything else before we get out of here today? Oh, I mean... If you're not a baseball fan, I know you're a baseball fan. I know you don't like talking about the Braves and the Dodgers. But last weekend, when the Braves and the Dodgers took on, we saw an absolute show between two NL Player of the Year MVPs 
in Acuna and uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, those two guys in the month of September are going to go at each other back and forth, not playing against each other, but they're going to go back and forth uh, on who's going to win that belt. And it's going to be amazing to watch. Mookie had an amazing August. Acuna is doing things that haven't been done by a player ever. And at the same time, I scratch my head as an Anaheim, LA Angels of Anaheim uh, supporter of why Shohei is sealing bases and still playing. Now, I know he wants to prove something. I know he wants to play. But why, in his outright mind, is he putting himself in injury when he's got a massive contract signing up and coming? Unless he thinks the rest of the season is Apparently a wash, he doesn't have to play, or or wants to play, and he's still going to get his guaranteed money. I get it. You got a busted elbow. Yeah, you can still hit the ball. Yeah, you can still play field. I get it. But the thing is, this you need to take care of yourself if you're going to be. And it's not about being what's best for the team versus over me. You're an injured player. You are going to need a second Tommy John surgery in the near future. What you do is up to you and your decision. I get that. But gone are the $700 million contracts. I'm sorry. Not going to happen. He'll still probably get five. five He'll still managed. probably get five knowing what he can do. And he's going to He's, he's gonna still going to come year. back and pitch. But... I think it'll still be 10 years. I do. Because it, this is something we haven't seen in a long, long time. He will come back and pitch, but it probably won't be until 25, 26. Okay? Right. So, as of right now, you'll be paying all that money for a DH, just a DH in the short term. Yeah. I. He cost himself some money. But it wasn't his fault, obviously, with the UCL. It's never never the player's fault. really isn't. But that costed him some money. Let's be honest here. Because we were looking at the first $700 million player. We, we were. And there was only a few teams that would pay him that. Yankees, Dodgers, maybe even Atlanta. Um, you know, different. Now... They're going to pay him as a hitter, and it's probably going to be five hundred million, not seven hundred million. So that that's just my opinion, and I think he'll still get ten years. But I think everybody wants him to be. Everybody wants him to pitch at least one year. That's why I said to you, Theo, I'm like, how long can he keep on doing both? You never really gave me an answer. You said as long as he wants. No. No, sometimes the player doesn't get that luxury, Theo. To say, right, "Oh, you know I'm what? done He's pitching." Out of that no, he... he doesn't have that luxury anymore. Like you said, it's 2023. You said yourself, you're not going to see him pitching for probably two seasons. He's not going to pitch next season, and he might pitch the following season. Might, might. So right now, in a ten-year deal, you're looking at potentially the first two years not pitching highest paid dh in he could also play the field though don't forget that no no he has never played the field do you 
He was, Never. He was a right left. He was a right fielder. So they're not going to have him play the field. The, he played in the outfield before he came no, across. They're not the going to put him out there. I get that, but he hasn't here. You know, they haven't done that here yet. I'm not saying, you know, they shouldn't. I'm just saying they haven't. Why would they start now if they haven't? And and on top of that, Theo, if he does play the outfield, he's going to have to throw the ball. No, no, you don't want a guy with a UCL tear to throw the ball. No, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. So um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been fun, Theo, right? I mean, this this is my favorite show yet. Good. I enjoy talking this stuff with you. It's always a fun chat. Always a good jibber-jabber. And, yeah, get to ruffle some feathers while we do it. Yeah. So, hey, people can agree with us. They don't have to agree with us. But at, at the end of the day, that's what's the best part about talking sports. Everyone has their own opinion. For Theo, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, until next week, have a great week, everyone.